Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 29 of the podcast. Today we are going to speak about exercise. In last week's episode, we did the Q&A. I was answering questions sent in by the public on social media. And it got me thinking a little bit about the standard of questions, I suppose, that I get. Typically, when the public asks me various questions, looking for advice, looking for opinions, sometimes the questions are not great questions. And I don't mean any disrespect when I say that. You know, I love you all. But sometimes I think people don't really understand what they, they don't know what they need to ask. They don't know what they're actually looking for. So last week, for example, we had a question which was something along the lines of, I need help with weight loss. And that is a very abstract area. I'm writing a book on weight loss at the moment. I've spent over 100 hours on it so far, and that's without even finishing it. So that will give you an idea of how much detail we could have gone into. So therefore, we need to narrow down the focus and we need to break it down into little segments. And when we ask better questions, we get better answers. So I decided for today's episode, I'm going to speak about exercise in particular. We're going to narrow it down to that. We're not even going to talk about nutrition or anything else, just exercise. But I came up with a list of questions that I think the answers to might be helpful for you. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say, and I'm not going to dwell on it too long because I've mentioned it a few times before, I think there's a bunch of people out there who are very passionate and very emotional about their types of exercise and their types of training, be that CrossFit, be that running, be that lifting weights, be that boxer size, and there's nothing wrong with that per se, but I think sometimes people get a skewed view on it and they can't see beyond that and they can't keep the bigger picture in mind, they can't accept nearly that something else might be as good for another person or even better than what they're doing it almost becomes a religion to them there's nearly a cult following for this one thing and they cannot look at well maybe it would benefit somebody to actually go and try something else maybe they enjoy that more than what i do so always try and keep an open mind on it i think that's really important because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the next you might love crossfit somebody else might love combining boxer size with lifting weights and again it's a very individual thing nobody's right nobody's wrong does crossfit work for loads of people yes absolutely does crossfit work for everybody no and it's the same with any any variety of of training we look at so i'm not picking on one in particular i'm just saying keep an open mind on it bear in mind that what works for you is not necessarily the best thing for somebody else when i design programs for people i design courses i suppose i don't really care about what i like I care about what they need, what they require, what their body requires to change, what's going to cause adaptation. If I was to base all my programs on what I like, I would have everybody playing football and lifting weights. And that's not going to appeal to a lot of people. So you have to keep that open mind all the time. What do they need? Not what do I want them to do based on what I like? What do they need? What's required? That's always the question I'm asking. And then I'll sit down with people or we'll do a phone consultation and I'll figure out where they're at at the moment and where they want to go. And what are we going to have to do to bridge the gap in between? So what do they need to bridge that gap? Be that nutrition wise, be that training wise. And then we'll work our program around that rather than me giving them a generic, I think this is what you should do. And that's it. Okay, or I think you should do this because I like this. It doesn't matter what I like. It matters what's going to work for you. That's the first thing. So what is fitness? I've come up with a a range of questions today for you. The first one is what is fitness? People automatically think about running further, running faster, running longer. That's their idea of being fitter. They think about physical fitness in the form of cardiovascular wise. That is one aspect, but there's more to it than that. There's things like muscular endurance, strength, power, stamina, flexibility. You know, there's all these various aspects 
range of motion. There's a lot of different things that come into play. So it's not just about the cardiovascular aspect of it. That is important. Of course, it's important. I would actually say in terms of your health, that's probably the most important is your cardiovascular fitness. But I'd swiftly follow that up with strength as well. And that's one that gets overlooked quite a bit. Cardiovascular wise, obviously, that's important for a range of reasons health wise. And you would know most of them. But it's funny how many people can actually abandon the cardio side of their training, especially once they get into the gym. Because a lot of people like myself love lifting weights. And typically what happens, and not all the time, but in a lot of cases, they abandon the cardiovascular side. They abandon their cardio work because they enjoy lifting weights and they don't want to sacrifice their gym time for doing the cardio work. And that goes the other way too. I see all the time runners in particular cyclists as well they love their outdoors they love getting outside they love their cardio training and they'll do that seven days a week if you let them but they won't give up a half an hour to go in and do some resistance work in the gym so it's important to keep a balance in it and again always bear in mind what do i need it's not always about what do i like we'd all do the thing we love a hundred percent of the time if we were led away with it but it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to bring us results so you need to question that a little bit you need to think about what do i require to bring about the result i want i might love the training program that's going to bring it about but i love the result that comes from it and i'm talking in terms of changing your body here because we have a load of different reasons for training everybody has different goals but i do know that a lot of people when they approach me, it's because they want to lose weight. It's because they want to reduce their body fat percentage. It's because they want to be in better shape. And that brings about a little bit of self-confidence as well. So there's a huge amount of knock-on effects of it. And every week I speak about mental mental fitness, mental health, being in a better place mentally. And for me, that's a huge aspect of it. I'm not going to go too in-depth on it today because I covered in most episodes. So today we're going to stick to the physical side of it. Okay, so what is fitness? Coming back to that original question. That's what it is. It's not just the, the cardiovascular side. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, but keeping it a well-rounded program is important. Rather than just looking at one thing that you enjoy, look at where do I need to improve? Where are my weaknesses? I'll tell you one of my weaknesses, something I don't spend nearly enough time on, but I should, is stretching. I'm not great at stretching at all. It tends to be very quick on at the end of the session, hop it in and away I go because I love getting the most out of my training session and typically I don't leave myself enough time now I'm not the worst in the world for it there are a lot more there are a lot worse people than me that just don't stretch at all they literally come into a gym do their training session and leave I do make time for it but I don't make as much as I'd like in terms of flexibility that is important that I actually make an effort to do more of that that is something I'm working on at the moment so I don't think everybody is perfect I don't think anybody is perfect there's always room for improvement we've all got areas that we can improve on but we need to identify those I suppose and not just do the thing we enjoy all the time and do nothing else so that's your your bigger picture on what is fitness next question why do people spend why do people spend as much time training but why do people sp- Spend so much time training, but not getting great results. I wrote down some questions in my notes here in my own handwriting, and I can barely even read my own handwriting, guys. Apologies. I need to work on my handwriting as well as my stretching. So why do people spend so much time training, but but they're not getting great results? There's three things I think here. I've made a little note on this. I would say number one, intensity. Number two, lack of variety. And number three, program design. They're the three issues as I see them. I'm going to touch on two of them very briefly and then we look a little bit in depth at the more important one. So lack of variety, I've kind of mentioned it in the previous question and answers. Doing the same thing over and over and over. Not really doing anything differently. Change it up. Thirdly, program design. If you are paying for a program to be designed for you, 
Sometimes you ain't just getting a great trainer. That's the long and the short of it. So that's one of the reasons you're not making progress. Your program design is not good. Or maybe you're designing it yourself. And that's what a lot of people do as well. They try to design their own program and think, well, this is good enough for me and I'll do it. That'll probably get you so far, especially when you're a beginner. But I definitely think if you can afford it, if you have the resources to do it, you should take on a trainer. Take on a good coach. Do your research. Find somebody that's good that's going to make a difference to you. And that's going to solve that problem around program design. One thing I would just say on that, going off on a little tangent as well, the the sunken money fallacy, is that what they call it, where you're following good money with bad, trying to fix a problem because it didn't work for you. This is one I see a lot. People tend to look for the quick fix option. We've spoke about that at length before as well, but it's a, it's a human nature thing. We want results as quickly as possible. So people tend to go for cheaper options and... 10 years down the track, they're still taking on more cheaper options, cheaper options, cheaper options, and they're no further on. Maybe they're even in worse condition than they were at the start. It came to mind recently because I got a, I got an email online, not an email, a message on Facebook from somebody that had contacted me about six months ago. And at that time, she was thinking of doing my online course, the Six Weeks to Happiness course. So she inquired about various aspects of it, the cost of it, what was involved and so on and so forth. I did a phone consultation with her. And at the end of that consultation, she said to me, you know it's I had a price in mind for what I was going to pay. It's a little bit below that, so I'm probably going to leave it for this time. And I said, that's fine. It's no problem at all. Anything I can help you with, get in touch. You know, that's what I'm here for. Um, but last week, I got a message from her again, and she said, I bought this, what's it called, vibroplate? I brought I bought this vibroplate. Is it a waste of time? Is it any good? I don't feel like I've made any progress at all. And I was thinking about it, and I was, you know, I was just giving her the best advice I could, but my advice to her was I think your money would still be better spent on a coach and that doesn't have to be me and I'm not looking for business from anybody here. I'm just hopefully pointing you in the right direction. Her vibroplate, I would reckon, cost about 100 quid less than what she would have paid me to actually work with her in a coaching capacity. She's six months down the track and she's no further on. I'm pretty confident I would have had her making progress within a couple of weeks. Within six months, I could have transformed her life. And a good coach will do that for you. And maybe it's just worth, I always think you can pay, you, you get what you pay for. If you pay for a good coach at the beginning, you're probably going to do quite well rather than looking for gimmicks, looking for fads, looking for quick fixes. And think about the amount of money you've probably spent on those over a period of five, seven, ten years and have they actually brought you any benefits. So sometimes it is good just to spend that money, get a good coach, a coach who'll improve your knowledge as well, not just one who'll tell you what to do, a coach who can help you to think for yourself too and that you can change your life then long term. Okay, so there are the three things I was going back to my original question why do people spend so much time training but not getting great results intensity lack of variety and program design so the one i haven't really got in depth on is intensity and i want to speak about that because it is one of the most important things and it's one that i think the vast majority of us probably are struggling a little bit with it's not an uncommon thing for people to be training but having not that much intensity in it so you will see people in the gym who will go in and you see you'll see them if you go into the gym five times a week you could possibly have you tend to see the same people most of the time if you're in at the same time each day and one thing I've noticed is people go in and they're doing the same exercise at the same reps in the same order at the same speed they're running on the same treadmill for the last five years maybe I'm exaggerating something for five years but certainly for the last eight months nine months there's nothing changing about their training there's nothing changing about their program there's nothing changing about their rest time there's nothing changing about the lifts that the weights that they're lifting Everything is exactly the same. So effectively, they're doing a similar or very, maybe much the same workout. Nothing changes about their workout. It's the exact same as it's always been. There's no variety in it whatsoever. And with that comes a lack of intensity. Because again, 
it's it's not challenging the body. Your body has adapted to it probably a long time ago. Maybe the first time you did it, it was hard. Maybe the first five times you did it, it was hard. But now the body is finding it much, much easier. Therefore, there's not a huge strain on the body. And therefore, the intensity is probably dropping a little bit as well. The good thing about that is that you're consistent. So you're still doing your workouts. You're there all the time. That's going to maintain you to a certain point. And that's really, really good. Consistency is king, as I always say. You have to be there anyway. But to get to the next level to actually improve, consistency alone is not going to be enough. There needs to be intensity as well. There needs to be a little bit of variety. There needs to be a reason for the body to change. You've got to put a stimulus on the body. You've got to put a different stimulus on the body. And therefore, it's having to respond to that stimulus. And from that stimulus comes growth and then comes recovery and then comes progress. Okay, so we need to we need to start thinking about how, how we're going to challenge the body. Not just going to the gym, going to our fitness class, going and being there is not enough. Going through the motions is not enough. Yes, it'll maintain you. And if that's what you're aiming for, that's perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Maintenance is progress at times as well. There's going to be times when life is busy. There's going to be times when all you can actually do is just maintain where you are and not be trying to jump on ahead. And it's literally sometimes maybe you've got young kids. Maybe you can't get out of the house. Maybe it's just a bodyweight workout at home. And there could be times where you're just thinking, I'll just say where I am for the next couple of months. And then I can make progress again when life gets a little bit quieter. And that's okay too. So keep that in mind. Sometimes maintenance is progress. But if you want to get to the next level, you've got to be challenging yourself. You've got to be challenging the body. If you want to change the body, you've got to give it a reason to change. You've heard the old phrase many times. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. So it's as simple maybe as changing your program around, bringing a little bit more intensity into your program. For example, if you're hitting chest, for example, with your exercise, that maybe you're doing a different exercise. You're not going in doing the exact same thing every single time at the same reps, at the same stimulus, you know, that you're you're going the same tempo on it each time. Something has to change. Until you change something, you're probably not going to change your body. So you've got to start changing things. For running, for example, you can even change it within that training modality. I've mentioned already it would be great if we could get you in lifting resistance, doing a little bit of resistance training, be that body weight, be that lifting weights, be that machine weights, whatever. But even within your own running modality, modality, you can change that to challenge yourself again. So rather than going out doing the same run all the time, same distance, same speed, same route, same rest time, everything the exact same. Think about how you could change it. Maybe you could run on soft sand as opposed to a hard surface. That's going to challenge you straight away. Maybe you could just do a hill hill session once a week rather than doing the same kind of moderate intensity, moderate pace, flat, flat route. So mix it up as much as you can. Then you can look at, I suppose, things like your dumbbells and barbells could be used as opposed to using machines. Once you get a little bit more advanced, machines might be a little bit comfortable. How could we change it that the body is having to respond a little bit again? We could bring in dumbbells, we could bring in barbells, we could bring in different exercises, we could reduce the rest time. There's loads of different ways and even little things like changing your foot position, changing your position of your hands, all these little things can make a huge difference. Again, that's where it comes. It becomes worthwhile to pay for a trainer, I think, at that point as well. But always think about what's going to challenge me more than I'm doing now. If you want to make progress, again, as I said, if you're just for maintenance, that's fine. But if you want to make progress, we've got to start challenging you a little bit more. OK. Um, intensity is personal and relevant to the individual. You have to bear that in mind as well. So intensity is personal and it's relevant to the individual. So what's hard for me might be easy for you. What's hard for you might be easy for me and vice versa. So it's always that thing about is this challenging me? Not is it hard compared to somebody else? Always only compare against yourself and the person you were yesterday. 
So you're only competing against who you were yesterday. It does not matter if the person beside you is lifting three times the weight you are. It does not matter if the person beside you is moving at a much faster pace than you are. That doesn't matter at all. What matters is comparing against yourself. Are you making progress? Are you a little bit stronger than you were last week? Are you a little bit fitter cardiovascular wise than you were six months ago? Challenge yourself in those ways. Move yourself forward. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. I think about swimming. I'm a weak swimmer. I'm not a very good swimmer at all. If I was to run, sorry, if I was to swim one kilometer, that to me would be a 10 out of 10 in effort. That would probably be a 15 out of 10 in effort. That would probably be me sunk at the bottom of the pool in effort. So it wouldn't be easy for me. That would not be easy for me. But for an Olympic swimmer, that would be a 0.5 out of 10 in effort. So you see where I'm coming from. You cannot compare with other people. Everybody's at different levels. All you can compare with is yourself. And comparison is the thief of joy. If you start comparing to other people, there's always going to be people ahead of you. There's always people who are going to be stronger than you. There's always people who are going to be fitter than you. There's always people who are going to be faster than you. There's always going to be people who can jump higher than you. There's always going to be people who can swim a kilometer without drowning. So all those things, guys, you can only compare against yourself. If you start comparing against others, it's going to make you feel bad. It's going to kill your confidence. And that's not something we want. So only compare against yourself. Am I getting better? Am I better than I was last week? Am I better? than I was last month am I better than I was six months ago always compared against yourself keep data as well it's a good idea to do that just to see that you are making progress what gets measured gets managed um yeah I'm just thinking about what else did I want to throw in there in terms of intensity you know I think for a lot of people it's it's like a training groundhog day it's the same thing day in day out I'm going to go to the gym I hear the phrase all the time when I speak to clients initially with a consultation I ask them what they do how active they are all the time I hear the phrase, I go to the gym three times a week. I go to the gym doesn't mean an awful lot to me. I would prefer to know what you're doing at the gym. Are you challenging yourself at the gym? Are you making progress at the gym? Or are you, wait for this one guys, because this is a lot of you are going to go, oh, that's what I do. You go into the gym, you walk around for 30 seconds, having a little decide about what you're going to do. Then you go on a bike for 10 minutes. Then you go on a treadmill for 10 minutes. Then you go on a cross trainer for 10 minutes. And maybe you lift a few little weights at the end of it. That's what a lot of people do. And then, and again, it's not a criticism. People do it because they don't know any better because they have never got anybody to help them. Again, if you're in a gym environment, folks, people are paid to help you. Go and ask them for help. Most people want to do it. Certainly the ones that are people, people orientated, they want to help you. They're the people that are going to be good at their jobs. They're the ones that are going to make good personal trainers. They're the ones that are going to make good coaches. Ask them for help because that's what they're there for. So the program you need may not be the program you love, as I mentioned earlier, but if it's the program that gets you results, I think you'll be happy enough in the end. So you've got to be open to trying something a little bit differently. You've got to be open to getting uncomfortable. I speak about it every week, be it in life or be it in training. You've got to get uncomfortable if you want to make progress. Everybody knows it at this stage. I say it nearly every week, so I'm not going to go into too much about it again. But intensity is key. And I think most of us are operating probably at a 2 out of 10 even, maybe a 4. But certainly I think there's a lot of people operating at a 2 out of 10. Whereas maybe they should be at an 8 out of 10 at certain sessions. And they think they're at an 8. But they're actually at a 2. Did I confuse you all with that? Possibly. Nearly confused myself. So people are at a 2. Think they're at an 8. But they're really at a 2. Okay. So you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to think about. Could I push myself a little bit harder? Could I actually have a little bit less conversation time in the gym? Cut down the rest time as well. Put in a few more reps. Maybe get through a little bit more work. Push it up. Challenge yourself. I guarantee you there's more in you. We all think there's not. But... I say to people, you know, a lot of the time, if I was to ask you to do box steps and I ask you to do 
20 box steps. Now let's make it 50. I asked you to do 50 box steps. So with a box step, you're literally just stepping up onto a box, stepping back down. I ask you to do 50. When you get to 50, a lot of the time, people collapse on the floor and they're absolutely gone. They're going, oh, I'm half dead. And I say, okay, let's take a couple of minutes rest. When they've rested, I'll get them back up and I'll say, okay, now you're going to do 70. And they are horrified. And they cannot understand how I can even ask them to do 70 because it's not possible. They had collapsed in 50. When I get them in the headspace to do it, they'll get to 50 and there's actually no major pain despite the fact that they had collapsed beforehand. They're starting to feel it at 50, but they're still okay. When they get to 60, now they feel like they're dying. But they're going to push through for those last few reps because I'm going to keep encouraging them and because they don't want to let me down because I'm a nice guy, you know. So the last few reps, they're going to get through them. They're going to get to 70 reps and now they're going to collapse on the ground again. And now they're going to tell me that was torture. How did I manage to do 70 reps? Don't ever make me do 70 reps again. So I'll give them a couple of minutes rest. And you know what's coming. I'm going to get them up again and I'm going to say, okay, now we're going to do 90. And they look at me like I'm the devil and they basically want to do whatever but again the same thing happens we get to 50 this time 50 reps is easy 50 reps hasn't even caused them to break a sweat because the target in their head is 90 so they're mentally tuned in and this is the power of the mind again by the time they get to 70 which was what the one they collapsed on the last time they're still going pretty strong they're feeling it but they're okay they get to 80 reps and again they're dying they're almost gone they can they'd happily quit now if you left them but those last two reps, I encourage them to push through it because this is where adaptation occurs. This is when you're making the body respond to a stressor and this is where you're making progress, when it's difficult, when you're uncomfortable. They get through those last few reps, they get 90 reps done, they collapse on the ground and they're done. And again, I'm a nice guy, so I'm probably not going to make them do it 110. But that's just the example, folks. When you set that higher goal for yourself, there's always more in us than we think there is. We thought we were done at 50. 90 reps on is nearly twice that. And you've got them done because you pushed yourself. That's what I mean by you think you were operating at an 8 out of 10 when you're in fact you were at a 4. There's always that little bit more if you're willing to get it out of yourself. If you're mentally strong enough to stay tuned in and say this is important. I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to put a little bit bit of belief in myself. And I'm just going to push out of that comfort zone. And I'm going to work a little bit harder. And every one of us can do that. I do believe every one of us can do that. And I, I've, I include myself in that. I don't believe I'm working at a 10. I don't believe I'm anywhere near a 10. I'd say I'm probably a 6 most of the time. You don't need to be at an 8 all the time. There's going to be days where it's going to be lighter sessions. Listen to your body. We'll speak about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But there's going to be days that are at a lighter session. That's okay. But if every session is a 2 or every session is a 4, your body is probably not going to be given a reason to adapt and you're not going to make progress. So you've got to start challenging yourself. You've got to start pushing out of the comfort zones. I speak about it all the time, but outside the comfort zone is where the magic happens. Okay, that's that question wrapped up, I think. Next question. Should you use body weight? Should you use machine weights? Should you use free weights? It's another interesting one. They all have their place. Let's not castigate any of them because they're all excellent. They all do a really, really good job. It's just which is required for you, I suppose. All are great. Let's just say that first. All of them are great. Let's take them one at a time. So machine weights, first and foremost, this is the one people associate typically when they start out in the gym. That's what they think about when they think about a gym. They see themselves mentally in their mind's eye sitting on a machine doing a few peg flies or doing lat pull downs or whatever. That's 100% fine. The machine weights, I would say, is great for beginners. Fantastic for beginners because free weight movements, free weight movements, when I talk about free weights, that is typically things like barbells, things like dumbbells, things like kettlebells. Those movements can be quite technical. 
So for a complete beginner, they can be a little bit intimidating. They can be a little bit overwhelming at times. If a personal trainer brings you into the gym and they start blasting you straight into those, often what can happen is that it's not a nice experience for that beginner. They're leaving the gym and they're feeling totally overwhelmed and they're even feeling like a failure because they know that their technique on quite a few of the exercises was a long way off and they felt like they weren't able to do it right. They felt like maybe their coordination wasn't that good and that's normal. So please don't feel bad if that's you. That's perfectly normal. Even when I run boxes and classes, coordination with people normally when they come in the doors is poor and it takes a good four or five weeks actually till it starts getting to somewhere that they're comfortable with so don't feel overwhelmed by it don't feel like you're the odd one out don't feel like it's a reflection on you because it's not but that's where i feel the, the weighted weight machines come in quite useful you can do similar ranges of motion you can do similar exercises without i suppose that feeling that everything has to be perfect sometimes with the likes of barbells it can be a little bit more dangerous if it's not done with good technique. With maybe the, the machines, you can get away with a little bit more. It's supporting you a little bit more. So it's quite good in that regard. It's good for beginners, but it's also good for more advanced people as well. And it's great for working around things like, you know, let's say a shoulder injury, for example, or if you've got any injury, it's a great way of working around it sometimes because it gives you, again, a little bit of support, a little bit of a different option. And it's just using your, using your head and being a little bit more intelligent about how could I do this rather than cutting out the exercise because I've got a shoulder injury, for example, would it be a little bit easier to use this peg fly machine rather than bench pressing all the time or rather than using dumbbell flies, which again is going to put more of a strain on you as you go wide and there's no support behind you. So just being a little bit cleverer, they all have their place. Um, that's machine weights. Yeah, they're quite useful. Free weights we've touched on there. It's our barbells, it's our dumbbells, it's our kettlebells. They're personally my favorite method of training. I would say for most advanced trainers, they're probably their favorite as well. They're fantastic in that with the free weights, you're going to be using a lot of stabilizer muscles as well. So we've mentioned the the machines where typically you're supported. When you actually start using the likes of your free weights, you're going to have to support yourself. So you're engaging an awful lot more muscle groups in those exercises. You're getting a lot more bang for your buck, in my opinion. Once you get to a point where you're confident in using those, I would definitely say start using them as much as you can. But it's great, again, to get a little bit of instruction on them at the beginning. Make sure you're doing things properly. Make sure your form is right. Don't try jumping into lifting huge weights. Get the form right first. Get the technique. Start with tiny little weights if you have to. It doesn't matter. It's not about ego. I've touched on it many times as well. Don't ego lift. Look for form. Look that you're doing things properly. And progress slowly. There's no hurry. The time is going to pass anyway. So keep working slowly. Keep making progress. Don't try and jump from where you are now to suddenly going in bicep curling 20 kgs. That's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to injure yourself. So be sensible about it. Be be careful. Be careful because there is a risk element there with weights, especially with free weights. But I don't want to scare you off because they're absolutely fantastic. And it's just one of those where you need to just make sure that you're doing things right properly from the start. And when you do that, you're laughing. You're absolutely fine. So that's the free weights. I would definitely recommend getting them in there if you can. Body weight then. Body weight is an interesting one. A lot of time people snigger at body weight. A lot of the time people think, oh, well, how do you progress body weight? Sure, your weight is what it is. Therefore, how can you cause an adapt, adapt? How do you cause adaptation? How do you cause the body to respond? How do you get a reaction from the body? But it's amazing. It is amazing what you can do with body weight exercises if you're clever about it. I use body weight exercises all the time with my online clients. You guys will have probably seen a lot of the transformations we've put online from the Six Weeks to Happiness course. It's absolutely incredible what people are doing. It really is. The results they're getting are phenomenal. And a lot of that is done on body weight. A lot of that is done on body weight. 
it does make me laugh sometimes you get people who are used to lifting weights and then you give them a bodyweight workout and at the beginning they think sure I'm way beyond that like I'm lifting I'm deadlifting this I'm squatting this amount and I, I say to them okay let's put this bodyweight workout together and see what you can do and they really 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 struggle with it and they're ghost when they're finished it's amazing what you can do with your own bodyweight when it's structured properly when you've got rest time structured you've got the amount of reps to do and maybe you're putting in a few little cardio exercises as well it is incredible what you can do with your own body weight and that leads to huge transformation for a lot of my online clients as you've seen so don't disregard it and even when we talk about progressive overload which is that idea again or that concept that we have to put a little bit more of a stimulus on the body we have to challenge it a little bit more you can do that with your own body weight as well you really can and it's just been a little bit cleverer and giving it a little bit more thought and this is probably what separates the good trainers from the not so good trainers is that they can find ways around it and they know how to change things about let's even take a push-up for example we're all familiar with a push-up we know what it is you're going to lower your body to the floor and push yourself back up typically people will say well a push-up is a push-up you're pushing the same amount of weight up so therefore how how can we change it is it not going to after a while the body adapts and that becomes easy yes the body adapts and that becomes easy if you keep doing it the same way but we can adapt that just by even something as simple as moving the foot position. Normally, when beginners start push-ups, the feet are quite wide. If I say to them, okay, now I want you to bring your feet together and see how that push-up is. It's quite a bit harder. It's quite a bit harder. What we could also do is change the tempo of the push-up. Typically, with a push-up, many people will do one second down, one second back up. What if we change that to three seconds down? So you're going very, very, very slow down. And maybe there's a little pause at the bottom even. So you're taking out momentum completely. And then three seconds back up. Even do five, six reps of that. And I guarantee you anybody will find that difficult. So it's amazing how you can change it. And it's it's the same with every exercise we do. All of them can be adapted. All of them can be changed. Even with your push-ups, once you're more progressed, you can raise one leg and do it on one foot. So it's it's always there's room for improvement. So don't disregard the body weight. There's so much that can be done with body weight. I always say body weight is your be- your body is your best piece of fitness equipment. We all live busy lives nowadays. I get a lot of clients who, again, cannot leave the house or they don't have much time because they have kids and maybe they have work and they can't spend an hour and a half in the gym and time going to the gym and time coming back. So I design workers that can be done from home. And it's incredible the results they're getting from them. And again, it's because it's structured in the right way and it's because we're challenging them. And it is amazing what you can do with your own body weight. You've seen the transformations online. That's the living proof of what I'm talking about. I can speak about it to death, but still people will be skeptical because they go, no, that's only body weight. That's not going to work. All I'll say to you is go and look at her before and after pictures and then come back and tell me it doesn't work. Okay, that's a few little things on body weight. So there are kind of three different types of resistance training we've looked at we've looked at body weight training we've looked at machine weights and we've looked at free weights i hope you have a better understanding of them now because people do get intimidated intimidated sometimes by certain ones and then they think other ones are better for them it's not again better about it's not you know it's more about what's going to challenge you rather than which is best i don't think any of them are best i think they're all fantastic i think they're all great it's what's going to work for you so you need to think about that and as we keep saying throughout the course of this podcast the program you love may not be the program that you need the program you love may not be the program you need, but you love the results that you get from it. Okay, let's move it on. Next question I've put together for you. Not a question as such, but listen to your body. Listen to your body. It's one of the most fundamental rules of training, and it's also one of the most ignored rules of training. Listen to your body. Your body is always giving you a message. Your body is the best biomechanical feedback system that you'll ever have. It's always telling you something. 
but you've got to listen to it. You've got to listen for the messages and then you've got to take heed of it and then you've got to apply what the body is telling you. The problem for us as humans is that we decide we're more intelligent and we know best and we'll power on through it. Think about even smokers when they're coughing. That's their body's way of saying to them, this is not good. This is harming me. You need to do something about this. But us humans, we know better, so we'll keep smoking anyway. Think about when you drink too much alcohol and it gets to a point where you can't stand up. Your body is no longer supporting you. That is your body's message again to you saying, this is not right. I can't stand up. I can't function properly. You're making me sick. You're making me ill. But you keep going anyway because you know better. That's just what I, just a couple of little examples, you know, but then there's practical examples as well in terms of injuries. If you're feeling a niggle, you're feeling something, that's your body's way of telling you something is not right. You're feeling pain. It's your body sending you a little message. Leave this alone. Don't keep training it. There's pain there because something is not right. That's your body's message to you. Okay. So always listen to your body. It's always telling you something. Your muscles are saying something, your energy levels are saying something, your heart rate is saying something. If you're overtrained, the heart rate will be higher. If you're in a great space, it'll probably be lower. If you're constantly fatigued, maybe you might not be sleeping enough. Maybe you're not hydrated enough. Maybe you're overtraining again. Maybe there's too much training happening. Maybe there's an underlying medical condition. Maybe you're just not eating enough. Your body is always telling you something. It's always giving you a message. So take it on board. We're always being told something. That's the critical message I would say today. Listen to your body. If there's a day when you wake up and you're struggling to get out of bed and all of your muscles are aching and you're in a lot of pain and your energy levels are really low, do not try to force yourself through a workout. It's the worst thing you can do because you're putting more stress on the body. You're raising your cortisol levels again. If you're at that point, and I'm not talking about the little bit of, I don't feel like it today, which everyone experiences at times on those days, do go to the gym. But when it's a little bit more than that, when you're, would say, chronically fatigued, or it's just that message from the body is, I cannot train today. You need to give yourself a little bit of rest time. You need to give your body a little bit of recovery time. Don't try and force it through. You've got to be kind to your body. So always listen to your body. That is one of the most important rules of training. Please take it on board. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Again, not a question, but another thing that I feel is overlooked a little bit. NEAT, N-E-A-T. I've mentioned it before in a podcast, I think, but non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's another brilliant way of burning fat, of getting in shape, and it's another one that's overlooked. We think about our one hour in the day while we're training. What about the 23 hours when you're not training? What's happening in those times? Will one hour really overhaul 23 bad hours? Probably not. So we need to look at the overall picture. What is non-exercise activity thermogenesis? It's effectively our energy output through everything that's not training. So the likes of just fiddling, doing nothing, the likes of playing a musical instrument, the likes of chewing food, the likes of going for a walk, all those little things add up. That's important. If we can raise our need, you're going to find that the energy output goes up and therefore we're starting to create more of a calorie deficit. Metabolism is improved. And therefore, we're starting to get in better shape. And that's one of the most important things I do with my clients. It's one of the most important things I do myself when I want to cut body fat. Always looking at the neat. One of the easiest ways to do it is getting your daily steps up. And that's actually one of the most fun ways of doing it as well. It's one of the most enjoyable ways of doing it because you can compare it and you can see that there's actually progress being made. It's amazing as humans. Again, we get quite competitive, whether it's with ourselves or it's with somebody else. I love to get people tracking their daily steps. They always get to a point where they go, ah, I want to do more than I did yesterday. And then the following day, I want to do a little bit more again. And I guess it, it always, you know, nearly always gets to the point where 
they look back and when there's a day that's not so good, they're a little bit disappointed. And then they decide they're going to step it up again. So again, what gets measured gets managed. I've seen a lot of situations where clients would have been on very low steps, especially the likes of office workers or people who drive trucks, things like that. They would have been maybe as low as two, three thousand steps a day. And they'll tell you initially, well, I can't get it up because of my job. There's no opportunity for me to get the steps up. But when you make them aware of it, when they become conscious of it, without changing jobs, without handing in their notice, their steps can suddenly jump to 8,000, 10,000, 12,000. And it's not that they didn't have the time. It's that they weren't aware of it or it wasn't important. It wasn't a priority. They'll start parking a little bit further away. They'll start walking things. They'll start taking stairs. All those little kind of stereotypical things that we hear about, they all add up and they're all important and they all work. Again, going back to myself, when I am doing a cutting phase of my training and I'm getting the body fat down, people seem to think that I take on some sort of a really extreme training program or my training goes to superhuman levels. Anybody that's seen me train will know that I don't absolutely hammer it every day i've mentioned it earlier there's some days when i'm at an eight there's other days when i need a little bit of a lighter session because the body needs recovery time but one of the key things i do is bring my daily steps up i will typically bring the steps up when i'm hitting a minimum fifteen thousand a day again i'm only having a conversation with you here guys i'm not making prescriptions i'm not prescribing anything i'm not telling you do this i'm telling you based on myself that's all i'm only having conversations with people everybody's different my requirements are different to yours as we've mentioned earlier so for me one of the fundamental things i do when i want to cook body fat is getting the steps up and holding myself accountable to it every day and it's one of the things i do with my online clients as well again food wise i'm not going into much on food today because this is the exercise episode but if you followed me around for a day i would say most of you would be amazed at how little i eat i would say you'd be amazed at how little i eat but when i say that I still eat adequately. I eat what my body needs. I fuel myself adequately. I think the vast majority of people overeat and they tell the you know their body gets to a situation where they feel they need that amount of food because it's got used to that. So if you eat a little bit less then you're hungry and you start thinking, oh well I didn't eat enough today because I'm hungry. Probably it's because you were eating too much for the last five years. <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to be harsh, there's no judgment in that. But you've got to bring it down to what's required rather than what you actually want. What do you need rather than what you want? So yeah, I think if you followed me around for a day, I think you will be quite surprised by how little I eat. It's not huge copious amounts of food, but it's enough to fuel me. It's enough to fuel my training. Okay, getting a little bit sidetracked. That was the, the one on neat. So trying to get your steps up every day. And that helps to keep you motivated and it brings a little bit of enjoyment and a little bit of fun to it. With a lot of the apps nowadays, you can actually compare your steps to your friend's steps. We did a private facebook group i put a little challenge in for them which is a free challenge i did a steps challenge with people and the target in the group was to reach 1 million steps within 14 days between us and you get a little bit of a team effort going and it is amazing how much you see people steps jumping up every day they go again from doing very little to again helping the group they want to contribute so their steps goes up and then they start finding themselves that well i feel better when i'm out getting those steps in and i actually have more energy and i'm actually making a little bit of progress to my own goals and that 1 million steps challenge actually turned into, I think, about 4.5 million steps we did in, in 14 days, which was amazing. And it was just great getting team involved and getting everybody into it. And that's what works. You know, that brings the enjoyment factor to it. And if you enjoy it, you're more than likely going to do well. If you don't enjoy it, you probably won't. But again, there's got to be a balancing off. I mentioned it earlier. I've mentioned it several times. The program you love might not be the program you need. You can still keep a little bit of what you love in, but balance it out. Take what you need as well. Okay, right. Last one. The difference between discipline and obsession, and I think this is an important one. To me, the difference between discipline and obsession, discipline is in control, obsession is out of control. So discipline is in control, obsession is out of control. 
and not just with food, we're talking training here as well, it can get obsessive. It's something I absolutely love. I love my training. I train five days a week. I adore it, but I do feel like I'm in control of it. I'm not somebody who can't attend a family occasion or can't enjoy themselves at the weekend because I have to train. And I've seen people who are in that situation. I've seen people who will miss events. I've seen people who will give up something that's important just because they want to go to the gym or they want to go to a run. They want to go for a run and that becomes their number one priority. And again, you've got to realise that there's a difference between enjoying it and being in control of it and having it run you and not being able to do without it. If you cannot do without it, I think you're in bother. I think you're struggling. I would find it myself. I mean, my mental health, I've mentioned it many times. I stay on top of my mental health and keep myself feeling good by training. I do find if I have to go a week without training, I start to feel a little bit agitated. I'm climbing the walls a little bit. I feel like I have to do it. But it's in a good way in that I can do it. It's not a case that I'm going to actually, you know, if somebody said to me, Alan, you can't train this week, I'd say, okay, I'm not too happy about that because I love it, but I can do it. It's fine. When I go away on holidays, I don't train. I take the week off and I don't train at all. And I have no issues about it whatsoever. I have no qualms about it. I know other people that have gone on holidays and they literally cannot take a week not training. So it's little things like that. And I'm only using the holidays as an example. I'm not saying everybody that trains on holidays has an issue. I'm not saying that at all. But I think you need to ask yourself the question, am I in control or is it controlling me? It's funny, actually, just before I came here, I was speaking to a fellow coach. We were having a great conversation. And one of the things he said to me was, again, just looking for a little bit of advice on one of his clients. He said he is this guy who basically was doing very well and he was getting results. And it's like anything, you get results and you want a little bit more and maybe you start tightening up on things a little bit more. But that can get to the point where it gets to tightening up a little bit too much. And his client had made a comment that kind of struck him and he said he went out for a run to work off this bar that he had ate that wasn't part of his his plan or wasn't something that he had intended eating. And he said, what do you think about that? And he said, I'm a little bit concerned. What do you think? And I said, "I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with you, to be honest, just in that I don't think it's a good mindset to be in comparing and contrasting. And this is something we see on social media all the time. You'll see these popular posts that are to burn off a McDonald's big mac meal or whatever it is will require this amount of burpees or this amount of time on a treadmill i don't like that mindset i think it's terrible you can't be feeling guilty about food you can't be in that space where it's my birthday today so i'm gonna have birthday cake but now i need to go and run for half an hour on the treadmill because i've had a slice of cake that is not a healthy place to be in that's not good so the guy that was doing well and had his bar of chocolate and then decided he had to go for a run to work it off when when this coach asked me for my opinion on it i said to him i would worry about where he's going to be mentally when he stops doing well, when his weight starts going up, because that's the sort of person that starts to probably obsess a little bit about numbers. And the reality is that for all of us, our weight is going to fluctuate. It goes up and down. It goes up and down throughout the year, throughout the week, throughout the day at times it goes up and down. So you need to be conscious of that. You need to be okay with that. My worry would be that that guy is getting so caught up on the numbers and so caught up on balancing things out that when his weight goes up, He's not going to be able to handle that. He's not going to be able to cope with that. It's not going to be a positive experience for him. You know, I don't know if it's a positive experience for anybody when the weight goes up. But I think if you can look at it objectively and you can understand that it's part of a bigger picture and it's not anything to be concerned about, it's not going to get me down, then you're okay. My worry for him would be that 
he's going to look at it and he's going to come at it from an emotional point of view and he's going to think about I've done all these different things and I've worked so hard and I went out and even when I had my bar of chocolate I went for that run to balance it out and now the scales is up so what am I doing wrong maybe I'm going to have to train harder maybe I'm going to have to run even more and eat less chocolate that's the that's when I would be concerned so it's a mindset thing obsession versus discipline there is a huge huge difference discipline is important consistency is important if you want results but you've got to have a life as well and it concerns me sometimes when i see some of the things that happen in the fitness industry there's one person i think uh, she was doing physique competitions and i remember her having a chat with me and she was so proud of herself because she was on a night out with her friends when she came back she had her broccoli and rice prepared while everybody else was having takeaways and in all honesty i just thought it was a step too far i don't think it's mentally good to be doing that coming home at two o'clock in the morning or whatever it was and having your broccoli and rice i mean one meal is not going to make a huge difference okay you're competing physique wise i get that that's a whole different discussion we can talk at length about the the mental implications of that because i have opinions on that as well but i'm not going to go into it today for today all i want to say to you is the difference between discipline and obsession discipline is in control obsession is out of control which are you ask yourself the question that's today's podcast folks i hope you've got something from that i hope you found it useful again as i mentioned at the start it was about given probably better questions better answers i always say if you ask better questions you get better answers not a not a criticism of you guys at all i love getting your questions i love answering your questions keep sending them in i will keep answering them it's just sometimes i suppose when you're not an expert you don't know the questions that need to be asked maybe so yeah keep sending them in and i will give you the best answers i can and i'll help you out as much as i can one more little piece of news before i go i'm bringing the weight loss workshop to mayo we're heading down to Castle Bar on the 17th of January. I'm in the Brafey House Hotel, the weight loss workshop. It's a fantastic event. I think anybody that wants to drop a few pounds, it's one I would definitely recommend making the effort to be there, even if you have to travel a little bit. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think it might be worthwhile. Uh, in that in that workshop, we look at everything. We look at we'll say nutrition for weight loss, we look at training for weight loss, different types of training, what suits you. We have group discussions, so you're learning from other people as well. We have a lot of mindset work we have a lot of motivation work we get into a lot of the practical stuff as well even how to read food labels different things like that and i get you doing a little bit of written work as well so you're actually coming away from that night with a plan you're not just going i want to lose weight which is where most people are probably at at the minute they, and again they start they don't give it any thought and one of the things i say here as well and kind of i thought i was finished the podcast but this might take a couple of minutes as well if i was to give you Let's say I was to give you half a million euros and I was going to say, I'm going to give you this money. Now go and build a house. When are you going to start building that house? Are you going to take my money and start building your house in the morning? Probably not. It could be a year from now. You're probably going to do a little bit of planning. You're probably going to do a little bit of meeting landscapers. You're probably going to meet construction workers. You're going to meet people who do plastering. You're going to put plans in place. You're going to meet architects and come up with a design. So you're going to plan your house. You're going to put a huge amount of time into that place that you live. The other place that you live is your body. But so many of us don't put any time into that planning. We don't plan how we're going to build our body. We plan how we build our house. We put a year's plan into it, but we put no planning into how we're going to build our body. We put no thought whatsoever into it. We just start running. That's all we do. We don't look beyond that. We don't come up with a plan. So I think it is hugely, hugely worthwhile to sit down in a room with a pen and paper, have conversations, do some planning before we start taking action. 
action is the fundamental key going beyond that but it is so worthwhile just to take a little bit of time i'm going to be in castle bar for an hour and a half that night and you're going to be coming away feeling motivated you're going to be coming away with a plan i'm even actually giving out sample food plans on the night as well but you're going to get so much from that that your journey is going to be worthwhile by just taking an hour and a half to sit down and plan it instead of just starting into it without even giving it any thought i hope that makes sense guys so that's it for this week's podcast yes we're in castle bar on the 17th of january it's a friday night if you would like to be there and i'd love to see you there alanwilliamscoaching.com and just click on events and you'll see it there get yourself booked in as quick as you can guys because i'd love to have most of the places filled by christmas and i actually need an idea of numbers as well so that'll be good i hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast and i will speak to you again next week